Okay, guys, do you want to do a turn with the bell? Well, I don't need a turn with the bell. You don't want to have a turn? Do you want this <clears throat> bell instead? Hey, do you want this bell instead? I don't want that bell. How about this one? I don't want that bell. I don't want that. Just for one, one time. <laughs> okay. I don't want the bell. I don't no, want the bell. So, no thank you? No thank you. Okay, then I'll do this one. And how about if you do <gasps> that one? Hey, how about that one? I don't want to have it. You don't want to try it? Well, I'm all done. You could be all done. I can't. Do you want to light the candle instead? Well, I don't want but I'm all done. You don't want to help today? No. He says no like every time we want to do that. Not every time. Sometimes he's happy to participate, but sometimes he's not in the mood, and I think he's too engaged with his device to engage with us right now. And that's fine, because he's 13, and that's totally allowed, and he gets to choose when he participates, and it's always a choice he can make, but he doesn't have to. Hi, Mom. Hi, bud. Okay, I'm going to light the candle then. Mama. Yeah. I'm off, but I can't. No, you don't have to, but I will. Hi, Drew. Yeah, with Mom, what's the matter? What's the matter? I'm sad, Mom. Oh, you're sad about what? I want to have a hug. Okay, I would love to have a hug. Hi, Drew. Yeah, what's wrong? Mom, you say what's wrong? What's wrong? Because I'm sad. You're sad because. Mom, I'm just, I want to take a nap in my room. Oh, well, that sounds like a great idea for I Sunday. Was, Go was, take a nap in your room. I was sad, Mom. That's what's great wrong? weekend. What's wrong? I don't know. What's wrong? I have no choice for Tai Long's garage. Okay. I have. I don't want the fire. No, I'm doing it. Mom, I suppose I want to ride a horse. I know. You want to ride a horse. I have no garage for Tai Long's fire. Well, Tai Long's fire is called... We'll walk fire. I said so. Tonight at sundown is Hanukkah, the beginning of Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, the sweet celebration. <laughs> I don't know very many of those songs. Oh, yeah, for sure, totally. Uh, well, let's put it on the calendar. <laughs> Oh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, the sweet celebration. So, yeah, all the Jews all over the world are going to be celebrating eight days and eight nights, eight lights, eight lights to symbolize the infinite abundance of our experience. I think that's pretty much what Hanukkah is about, about finding resources where you thought there was not enough and 
figuring out there always, always, always is. But don't ask me, because I'm not Jewish. Well, I might be Jewish, but I am not a Jew. Ha, ha, ha. I always thought that that was a funny quirk of English um, language. In other words, the whole ish factor, right? Something is ish. It sort of means approximate, like nearly. Like, especially in a timing sense, if you thought that you were going to be, like, showing up for an event and say, yeah, we're going to start it around noonish, or we're going to start it around 10-ish. And so, like, the whole idea of the Jew word combined with the ish word, it sort of, like, makes it sound approximative for everyone. <laughs> but I know that that's not true. It's just one of those weird quirks of English, because English is also with the ish at the end. So, anyways, that's not that's neither here nor there, which that's another unusual English phraseology. The point is, I don't know why I pushed record. When I did, I was just listening. Oh boy! Hi, machine. That's loud. Um, I don't know why I pushed record when I did, except that it's 9:22 right now, so the timing must have been perfect, I guess. Mostly, I just felt like I haven't really had a whole lot of uh, comfort in my English expression these days because I'm in a state of grief, and so it's hard to find. Um, elevating language when you're not in an elevated state. It's just harder to find the words. Um, and so I just was using this expressive portal to capture my state as is, which was in ceremony, communion, and fellowship with my uh, family here at the home, like around the hearth, in my garden, in my temple, clearing. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to publish this, to be honest, because I need to listen back to it and to see how uh, how it sounds. Like, Because if it's really grating on the ears, I, I don't necessarily want to make anyone uncomfortable. But yeah, the, um, the bell ringing, the bell clearing that I do on a regular basis... It's, it's just something that call, was called through me, you know? I've always been attracted to bells. Bells have been one of my most favorite tools, implements, symbols, whatever you want to call it, since I was a child, you know? I used to even, like, collect certain kinds of bells. And when I was in high school... I was so enraptured with the holidays and the whole idea of like the jingle bell thing that like I felt like the Christmas season was my one time to really like engage with the whole bell ringing thing and so I even would tie little jingle bells onto my shoes and wear them around my neck and stuff like that so I've always used bells to shift my own mood or experience or expression and that practice just evolved over time and um, the engagement with 
the unicorn bell in particular, the healing bell that um, is, it was the sort of like dinner bell or whatever, the family bell for my father's mother, my grandma Barbara, it's the, her unicorn bell. Um, it was in the dining room for all the meals and holidays. It was always there. I remember we got to ring it for dinner a few times on occasion. I remember it wasn't like a every time we had dinner type of a thing, but I remember when we lived with them a few times, the dinner bell was rung and I was the one that got to ring it a few times. So um, I just was connected with that particular item and I was the one that ended up inheriting it. So I'm the steward of that heirloom currently in our generation. I, um, I don't know who's going to be the next steward of it, but right now I am and it is an incredibly powerful healing uh, tool mechanism, uh, a piece of equipment, you know, sacred item, whatever you want to call it. And um, I use that primarily for big ceremonial work or for um, uh, targeted work. Um, and definitely I use it for body work. Absolutely. Best bell for body work by far. Um, but I have another bell that I began using ceremoniously when I started doing fire ceremony outside because I needed a bell that was um, more sturdy, more um, hardy, more durable, I guess is the right word. Um, it could take some, you know, disrespectful use, let's say, you know, use by people who don't know how to use it properly or who aren't um, developed enough along their path to know how to use it properly or who are maybe struggling with their motor function or their emotional state to use it properly. In other words, a public bell, public use bell that's very heavy duty and can take a beating. And so that's the dragon bell. I have this like triple dragon bell that is, um, it's two bells, um, kind of like with a curvaceous arched handle. Um, I'm gonna go and look at it right now so I can describe it to you more accurately. There's two bells and then there's uh, kind of like a two arches and it looks like there's dragons s sort of perched on top of the two bells and then there's another third dragon perched atop the center peak and then there's a rather uh, pokey little decorative I don't know what you would call it but it's sort of like a point a down downward cone decorative cone point thing um, that comes down from the center so you can kind of like put your fingers around both of it kind of um, like not like a I'm trying to think of what it would be like well I don't know what it's like but it's like basically two brass bells connected together with a metal arched handle that has a third dragon on the top and the center and that kind of presses up into your palm with some nice pressure as you're ringing it and um, anyway so that's the heavy duty ceremonial bell for large clearings and I do it for particularly for outside like I said when I go out in the garden to clear um, the temple space or to clear our field in general um, I often do it on the weekend around the first of the month or around the new moon or the full moon, you know. There, it, I won't say it happens monthly or weekly or twice a month or whatever because the truth is it doesn't happen in any 
specific intentioned way. It's part of my intuitive process to follow the guidance and listen to what's called for in the moment. And sometimes that means bells, sometimes that means chanting, sometimes that means rattling, scratching, drumming, sometimes that means whistling, sometimes that means um, humming or vagal toning, sometimes it means singing, sometimes it means um, smudge, smoke, fire, light, um, shadow, water, 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 mud, mud, so much mud, poultice medicine, like there's different ways to work with, integrate, caress, tune the energies in your field. And so sometimes, some days, especially when there's not a whole lot of English to be found, um, the bells happen, the rattles happen, the chanting, singing, humming happens. And so if that's the mode of expression that's coming, I should just record the mode of expression that's coming through because it doesn't have to be in English. I don't need words to express. I can express non-verbally and that's still a valuable expression and it's important to archive it. It's important for it to be notated. It's important for it to be absorbed. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, how much of this is gonna end up being back with us, you know, actually going out into the published part. I might, you know, curtail some of the bell ringing it out because it, you know it does get loud and I mean I like the loudness because to me that's the medicine I can feel it rewriting neural pathways in my brain you know hearing both sides of my ears decide you know how to integrate the sound into one experience like that is medicine it's you know if you're really curious whether or not it's true I'll send you the link to some uh good resources on neurology and sensory integration and, you know, why um, variegated auditory input is so important for mental health and why repetitive motion and repetitive sensory experiences are degrading to the human focus. I mean, yes, repetition can be good, but not to the point of... Uh, calcification so that's what this is basically is me trying to vary my routine enough not to calcify but keep to my routine enough that I actually establish a routine so that I can benefit from the ease that comes from doing things the same because supposedly that is an ease in and of itself and I've yet to experience it really, because I've yet to have the, uh, um, I've yet to have the uh, experience of having the routine itself. So like, how can I experience the ease of being in routine when the act of building the routine has always been so uh, effortful, you know, because I haven't gotten to the actual state of setting the routine and being in the routine and having it like 
be automatic. I haven't reached the state of automaticity. Is that a word? Automaticity? I'm going to go look it up. I just made it up if it's not a word. I like it. I just like the way it sounds. Automaticity. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lord, Lord. It's December. Jeez Louise. Holy mackerel. It's December. That's, you know, 13 moons instead of 12 months. Feels like they're robbing time from us because they are. I, I really hope that we can start 2019 synced up with the lunar calendar. I thought that I was getting there this year, but I've been all over the place with all my calendars. This month, I really want to find the one that is going to sync me up. I've got six months to work it out because <laughs> even though, according to the Gregorian calendar, New Year's is in 29 days. Is that right? Yeah. Um, according to lunar calendar, galactic calendar, Mayan calendar, whatever you want to call it, we've got until the end of July. <laughs> July 25th, day at a time. So we, uh, we have a while to plan our New Year's resolution because <laughs> the year is always uh, starting anew from your focal point so yeah I really want to be in tune with the moons because I feel like the Gregorian calendar robs my time Well, I'm kind of frozen in my kitchen at this point. I've been pacing, marching in circles, doing my walking meditation, as they call it, which is basically just circles and spirals and spins and grids. I used to call it driveway dressage. <laughs> You know what dressage is? That that fancy horseback riding where they like, they they you know they wear like top hats and shit. They go like around in a field and like the horse looks like it's walking like diagonally and like prancing weird and they're like, and then all of a sudden they're going forward, but like the driver hasn't changed position at all. And then they're going diagonally the opposite direction, but they're still facing the same way. And then they're going backwards and they're still facing the same way, like. That's basically what it looks like when I do my walking meditation in my driveway is, you know, just up, down, over, sideways, triple, infinity, zigzag, spiral, usually trying to do um, counterclockwise is the most often direction, you know, the leftward spiral, that's the Chickasaw directionality, the tuning that feels the most balanced for me personally. But, uh, yeah, I do all kinds of um, interesting directionality with, with my walking. So it helps me, helps to regulate things and get my breath right, get my pelvic core right, get my 
chakras all aligned, etc. And that's, you know, that's a Sunday for us, really. I mean, pretty much that is, that is a Sunday for us. So I guess if you were curious what it's like to share space with someone who's in shamanic flow or shamanic experience or shamanic service or shamanic initiation or basically anyone that is within these um, nature-based, earth-based practices, uh, it can get kind of noisy sometimes. You know, there's a lot of quiet contemplation, but there are times when a ruckus is called for. And and this is the one thing that, there is a message that I feel important to share from kind of the collective introspection and observation window that I've been in for the past few days. Um, yeah, it's just it's a yucky grief time for us. Like, it's just whatever, it happens. You know, grief happens. People grieve because grievous things keep happening. <laughs> and that's okay because things will change, things will shift, and grief is not forever. And uh, mourning is not forever. But uh, it has been for the past few days, that's for sure. Um, and... Uh, there's just been this bubbling uh, all around me, not just within my immediate circle, but just in the consciousness, I'll say. Like, it's just been in the ether. It's been speaking up, barbling into every little interaction and conversation and, you know, random YouTube comment thread that I find myself wander wandering into. It, uh, it's this energy of complaint is this energy of grousing, of just being bitter and, 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 and complaining about something, just saying, they hate this, this is sucks, right? This complaint energy is just bubbling up, and it's really been intensifying over the past 18 to 24, maybe 36 hours in particular. And I just had this moment this morning where it all kind of like crystallized of like what it is like what is this that I keep experiencing and feeling around me and it's this it's get your complaints out now kids because after mercury retrograde completes and we go forward again there's just going to be nothing left to complain about everything's going to be great everything is awesome everything is cool when you're part of a team so like I don't know what it means that there's not going to be anything to complain about, whether that means, like, you know, you're just going to have an attitude shift because you're going to stop comparing and you're going to just feel happy with whatever is, or if it means that, like, you're going to get, like, whatever that big thing is that you've been really hoping for, or whether it means that, like, everything's going to explode with an asteroid and there won't be anything left at the end, so there won't be anything to complain about because there won't be anything, or whether it means you know, the great conjunction is going to happen and the aliens are going to come suck us into another dimension of, you know, divine oneness. There's definitely nothing to complain about that. I don't know. I don't know what it means, but I just have this feeling that, like, get your complaints out now. Like, if you're feeling that urge to be sad, to cry, to wail, to rant and rave at the universe, to, like, 
basically cry like in her car trip the last hour of a you know four day journey like just get whatever it is out of your system because you're about to land at you know your favorite amusement park so you don't want to land at your favorite amusement park in a state of complaint in a state of you know comparison you know grousing bitterness you want to land at that amusement park ready to ride the roller coaster ready to you know eat the funnel cake ready to watch the shows ready to see the fireworks ready to slide down the water slide whatever it is you want to you want to land on the other side of this you know wash feeling scrubbed bright and clean and shiny fresh so spit out that yuckness purge it get it out if if it's some bitter thought you have speak it and you can wave it away get it outside of you so it can stop rattling around inside your head you know maybe don't put it where it can echo someone else will hear it who knows sometimes it does feel good to have that miserable mirror agreeing with your discontent and sometimes it's the worst thing for it so you're going to have to feel into your own throat chakra to know what's for speaking and what's for internal digestion what's for screaming about in the car by yourself and what's for muttering in the shower by yourself and what's for sharing with a friend on the couch or sharing with a friend at the bar or sharing with um, a sibling or a cousin or a child or a parent or grandparent or auntie or uncle or priest or prophet or witch or psychic or you know hooligan or cellmate whoever you find yourself in conversation with you know judge jury executioner whoever you find yourself in in conversation with you're going to know you're going to feel whether or not something is for sharing or keeping something is for saying or speaking or something is for keeping within you're gonna know you're gonna know but the point is to probably get get it out now yeah get it out now because once mercury goes direct there just isn't gonna be anything to complain about after that there won't be any way to complain and there won't be anything to complain about Complaint will not be in alignment with anything after Mercury goes direct. So if you like complaining, if it's like your favorite hobby, just like get it out of the way. Do it now. Enjoy it while it lasts because that's one thing that's temporary. Complaints are temporary. I'm burning some lavender from my field to purge those complaints to thank for mitigation offer deep appreciation for the mitigation and the fires the water that we got that you know calmed everything down and uh, hopefully did reduce the amount of damage we had that's lavender from my field that I grew with my care and attention my stewardship it's my personal lavender mine to sacrifice it's mine to offer 
and so I am. Offering these prayers of smoke, water cycle medicine transmuted for the collective good of all, moved with my hand, moved with my breath. sealed with my mouth. Fire eater. Tastes good though. <laughs> tastes better than white sage, that's for sure. And it tastes better than Palo Santo. I do like eating Palo Santo, but um, it just has kind of like a soapy flavor to me, more perfumey. The lavender and the sage at least feel a little bit more like food, a little bit more culinary. But either way, I love to eat fire. It helps me feel united with the sacrifice. I just have been burned so many times, you know, that being close with the heat and the wounding, there's just something there for me. I can't really describe it. Yeah. Pyrophiliac, for sure. I love it. I don't know if the mic picked up all of those awesome vertebral cracks I had, just stretching all up and down my spine. I got a bunch of um, crack, snap crackle pops. You know, I've become my own chiropractor. <laughs> the shaman enters my body and directs its movement. I, uh, I find I don't need a chiropractor. I get my neck cracked and my rib cracked and my hip cracked. Everything gets popped and adjusted and tweaked and rotated exactly as it needs to be. My favorite is when my little occiput, my little atlas goes cracks. And I just feel like everything opens up and I can hear everything and my brain just goes, ah, oh, sort of like feels like a yawn for my brain, you know? Like, you know when you yawn and you feel like, oh, my lungs just filled with like so much extra air. That's what it feels like when I get a good atlas crack. I feel like my, my brain gets to yawn. <laughs> I don't know, it's a weird metaphor, but I guess it works. I should probably stop this now. I feel like the most important things have been said that needed to be said, which is about the Mercury 
going direct thing. It's on the 6th, by the way, if you're not aware. Uh, Mercury goes direct on December 6th, so Thursday. So great, you guys have almost a whole week, and then by Friday, that's it. No more complaining. New moon. New moon, new you. A complete free version of yourself. That's what you should, not should, there's no should. We could all collectively decide to craft a new vision of consciousness that is without complaint. On December 7th, in this new moon, <clears throat> we could. We could. Chimera moon has the ability to dwell in any place without complaint because they're mutable, transmutable, and they can craft their self to a being that aligns with that situation and circumstance, and they can find the comfort and the ease in any circumstance because of their mutable nature, because they are more than one type of sort of creature. They have more than one perspective because they have eyes on the back of their head. They can see what they are leaving, and they can see what they're going towards, and so they have no reason to complain to complain because they know exactly where they dwell. They see exactly where they've left and they see exactly where they're going and they're exactly in their zero point center and so they are just in a state of neutral observation appreciating where they are. And that is the point of strength. That is the point of leverage. That is the catalyst at the point of choice. That is the human breathing. That is the miracle of you, of your existence, of being here in this now, in your now, in our now. That's it, right there. Being the catalyst at the point of choice. Neutral observation. So yeah, I think that's it. Ooh, 42 minutes and seven seconds. Thank you, Cider Ranch. That is so great. I love it when I get my numbers. Okay, that's all. Can't, can't get much more perfect than 42 and 7. So I'm going to say Chihololi, which means I love you. Chihololi, 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 Chihololi. And I'm going to say Chukma Chapisilacho, which means hello, I will see you. As the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye.
Let the love go, you put the run in 